you were listening to a lot of podcasts and I've always known you've listened to podcasts, right? Uh, but then something was like, hey, maybe I can do this too. And I bet you the first, the first time you thought of that, you might have shot the idea down. Like, no, like I'm not, I'm not that good. Of, I, don't, I don't like speaking anyway and stuff like that, right? Well, I mean, really, yeah. Well, and, and this is like a big picture thing of like when I'm, you know, five-year-old kid, eight-year-old kid, 12-year-old kid when my stuttering was terrible. Like, and I like had a hard time speaking. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and you're, again, not to like, this isn't a sob story, but when you're made fun of as a young kid because you can't get words out and then the harder you try to get words out and you still can't get them out, like, like that shit like sucks, right? Yeah. So one, so like I always have that in the back of my head and there are parts where like there are words that I'm better at speaking around. Like I know words that trip me up, mm -hmm. like double consonant words will trip me like it like, like if it's saying Middletown, if I don't breathe and actively like try, like I will get stuck and move, move, move like, so like, I know that so I can work around it and whatever. Um, so one, yes, totally. And two, like with, with, I remember having this idea in the spring of 2019 and emailing you or texting you about doing a podcast. You did. Yeah. And then it took until August 2020 <laughs> to yeah. do I like to do the podcast. So it had been something that I had been sitting on a year, like, or a year plus, right? Like a year and a mm -hmm. half. Okay, the, the other. Uh, being recorded. Um, I don't know. Like, I just, uh, I, well, so the, the June junior year of college is the last time that I was clean shaven ever. So that was wow. the spring of 2015. It was like the very first spring ball practice mm -hmm. and Rachel was abroad and I was like, all right, I'm just going to grow the beard. And so it was like the first day of spring ball practice. I started like, and I just clean shaven and then I didn't shave until the very end of the season. Um, mm -hmm. And then, so like, so the beard was like all the way down here then. Um, but uh, yeah, I've just been, I've just had the beard since. And so I wanted, I thought about doing like just a goatee. Um, mm -hmm. Then I thought back, it's like, I haven't been even, like I've always had the beard, you know, for the last six years or so now. Wow. So I would feel weird. Like, I don't know how I look without it. And I feel like I might frighten people. <laughs> like, like, it's like, oh, like, you know, so like I haven't seen my face in so long. So like, I look at pictures, I'm like, oh man uh yeah so i like i always keep it though like i i don't think i'll ever i don't think i'll ever be clean shaven ever again yeah. do you think you're shaved for uh for your wedding day or even then you're gonna keep it no 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 <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. I, i'll keep like like i make sure like so i was in, in my buddy's wedding like probably like a year and a half ago or so now and i have a few weddings coming up um, and I'll make sure like, like it looks good. Like I'll make sure it's like cleaned up and looks nice. And like, I have a nice haircut and stuff, but no, I'll, no, I have to keep the beard, man. Like I, I have to. Interesting. I'm like only a tad a little bit jealous because it looks so good, man. It's like all like, it's all the way in. Um, yeah. It's nice. Yeah. There's like, there's like one spot right here that, um, when I shave it down a little bit, it's, it's messed up, but yeah, like, like it grows in and, uh, yeah, like my hair grows so quick too, which is I don't know, like it's good, right? Like I could be losing my hair, so. Uh huh. Wow. When when was the first time you you know you could grow a beard? How old were you? Shoot. Uh, 
I remember having like a weird looking mustache in like in like probably seventh grade, like a lot of like just blonde, but like no noticeable where kids would like call me out on it, and it was like uh-huh. blonde. So I, yeah, I probably started shaving. Uh, like, so I would shave that, whatever, once every, like, two, three weeks, probably. But, yeah, I started shaving probably, like, my freshman year of high school. Like, I probably had to shave, like, once every 10 days or so, like, like all around. Like, not – and it wasn't, like, a full-grown beard or anything. But, yeah, probably, like, my freshman year of high school, like, is when I had to, like, really start shaving. And then I and then I could, like, do things, you know, again, I'm, I'm a loser high school kid. I'm like, well, I'm going to grow facial hair and look really cool, right? So uh-huh. I would try to do various things probably, you know, into my sophomore, uh, junior year. Like I would try a goatee or like I tried like the longer sideburns. I was like, oh, this looks, <laughs> this looks really cool, right? So, um, yeah, the girls really, really like that. <laughs> I can imagine. Um, and then, yeah, and then, and then in college, like I always had some type of facial hair normally, uh, but then the beard. Yeah thing that's mm-hmm. yep oh that's awesome maybe one day maybe one day for me i'll be able yeah. to have it yeah like um yeah i i just like it like i i think it's uh and it um yeah i have like a weird chin thing too like i don't really have like my chin is not really like pronounced so my i, I feel like I, my face looks fat so like the beard helps helps that too so oh, interesting now i'm thinking about it i guess i've never seen it yeah like yeah like wow. yeah like yeah 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 so like even, <laughs> even like the late dcs pictures like your first year i think which was what was your first year 2014 maybe uh of the, i think yeah 2014 yep summer i think i had a really ugly like i had this but like no beard like i just had i just had that guy and uh uh-huh. very ugly very ugly no, <laughs> not, not attractive no, that's all right, man. That's all right. I think you look great. Um, oh, it's cool. So how's the, how's all the work, man? What, anything new? Oh, no, not really. Um, I mean... Uh, You're in the same office. I'm in the same <laughs> office, yeah. Uh, the package room at St. Andrew's School, they uh, yeah. sent me to the package room. No, I mean, it's we So, like, here, no kids are back. So, from a St. Andrew's standpoint, it's just c- continuing to create content without athletics right so it's like Mm -hmm. part of your job is to create athletics content so obviously i mean we've had uh, discussions offline about creating content and what that looks like so i've gone Mm -hmm. into the podcast space with them and Mm -hmm. doing profiles on on senior athletes and stuff for instagram facebook i I built up a new facebook page which i which i was pretty proud of to collect or to connect rather with alums and um stuff like that so uh, that's been cool and and tested the uh, creative juices dcs is is dcs man like like it's always a lot of work a lot of kids seniors in college are getting news um or sorry seniors in high school rather are getting news from colleges which is cool um Mm -hmm. and and really exciting And, and a lot of kids have heard some great news so that's good and then just continuing to sort of prepare for this summer and hope that we are able to be in person right because it's definitely Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean i think so much about the program but also just education in general is just so much about connections Mm -hmm. and having that time one-on-one right like if if we did virtual 
program in 2014, you and I would not have had moments to like talk and build a relationship in 14, 15, 16, et cetera. So that when I come and visit you on college, like it's not awkward. And then now we're on a zoom and we can talk and I mean, we can talk for hours. Right. So like Mm -hmm. that, that, but that's because of being in person, me asking you how you're doing just Mm -hmm. like all relationship based. So um, I, I'm, I'm really hoping, you know, we're preparing that we'll be in person. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I would say it would be it would be silly to assume, you know, yeah, uh, that that's like a 100 percent sure thing because it's not. So and continuing to interview students will take on more kids this year mm-hmm. as well um, and just rock out with it. So so it's cool. Um and and it's and it's exciting but mm-hmm. it's also like i really want it to be in person and not virtual so yeah hopefully it will be um but i guess also being realistic like we're really not sure yeah. where where things will be yeah um, have there been any um like updates on where dcs stands with the state and stuff yeah i mean well I don't, I, I don't really know. Like, like, I, like, I don't know how, I mean, I know like Delaware more or less is kind of like copying the model that we use for, our yeah. um, so I know that's a thing. With, so, with Delaware is in like the university of Delaware. Yeah. Like where you went to school, like, the, like they're doing a program. I forget. Exactly, program. I forget exactly what it's called, but I know they're mm-hmm. doing a, similar program i think they're taking kids like their freshman year in high school so it's a little bit different but um yeah so like 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 i don't really know i'm not i don't think i'm privy to that information but i i do know again i'm i'm such a big believer in the machine that tony has built that like and i don't necessarily think like competition is like a bad thing like, and I think the way we do things, like, I think it is genuine and, and not that other programs throughout aren't genuine, but mm-hmm. like, I, I think we have a product and I think we have a really good team uh, uh, and, and core group of people that like on our best day, I feel our, our best day is really, really good. And, mm-hmm. and, and I feel that we are even in a virtual setting, like I was just talking about this with Jordan Bonner and Tony this morning, like I'm pretty proud of the fact that we were able, our retention from this summer, like we're delivering computers out, we're making sure kids are set up to at least be able to start their college process. And we've, you know, retained a majority of our kids. And like, that's a huge success because they have Zoom fatigue and the fact that we've created and built relationships with them. um, I think that says a lot. So again, I don't want this to be a uh, promo for DCS and Hey, we're, we're the greatest thing ever, but like, I do really, really believe in Tony and the mission. And so mm-hmm. kind of with him, I just like rock out with him and, and whatever he needs, we, uh, we rock out with. So that's fair. That's fair. That's all you needed to say. Whatever Tony says we do. And yeah. yeah. Right. Like, I mean, I mean, I've been, <laughs> rocking, I've been rocking with him now. It's crazy. Like, 
he he started a prod uh, program called Project Soar, which is actually really yeah. cool um, because Simon and Sebastian Ortiz, who were in it, and um, so it was for kids in in middle school. And I mean, he started that in 2012, and so I've been working with them now for the past nine years in some capacity. So oh. it's like basically all I've known from a yeah standpoint. And that program was was a success, right? Like here's that program was a success, and then taken over by the uh, Delaware Department of Ed. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So they had that program at St. Andrews for like three years. Mm-hmm. It was taken over, and um, yeah, I have no idea what that program looks like now, or it, like if it's around. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, uh, that, the, that was taken over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting stuff. Um, yeah, I guess. I guess COVID doesn't really help with the plans that were pro- like probably changed a lot of things. Um, Cause I remember when I was still working physically at the camp, like things were moving very, very quickly. And I feel like we were looking at like, you know, some kind of like, I don't say finish line, but somewhere where it's like, Oh, like we're going to hit some, um, yeah. uh, like a major, major upside, but COVID slowed everything down, obviously. What, um, like, I, and I know this is your podcast, so I'm not really supposed to. No, be. we're having a conversation. This is not a podcast. <laughs> the questions, um, like what, um, like like for you, um, do you have Zoom fatigue? Like, is it like yo, I, I'm like yo, like I'm logging on this stuff constantly because I'm not really, I don't have that many Zoom meetings. Like, and, yeah. and most of my interaction with students are like, it can be FaceTime, phone calls, text, uh, whatever. So like, I'm not really on Zoom a whole lot. So like, I see you, I'm kind of, I'm like pumped up. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah. But like, I'm also not on a lot of Zoom meetings, so. This is fine. So this this conversation we're having, I probably won't get fatigued after. Like we can talk forever and I'll be fine. Like, cause you, like we used to be on our phone all the time, right? And that was okay. We used to FaceTime and all that stuff and that was okay. But there's some, but yes, there is something different about being lectured on, at, at on Zoom that is, I don't know how to put it into words, but it's hard. Like I was actually just on the phone with my dad, uh, tell him how much I hate, <laughs> how much I hate what I'm doing right now, um, because it it drains it drains me so much, and it's so hard for me to pay attention, and like almost impossible. And that's surprising to me because I used to be so good at paying attention in class, but I can't pay attention for like my save my life now, like at all. Like I'm not exaggerating. I really cannot pay attention. Is there anything that you do to like help yourself pay attention? Uh, I've tried putting my phone away, but then I find something else to distract me. I've tried like being actively engaged. That's not working. Right. Uh, I think there are a lot of, there's other factors that are playing into my Zoom fatigue. Like I think uh, I've been feeling just overall demotivated, like medical school wise. But so I'll like, I'll get back to me on what, how things change as I guess we do more stuff in person. But it's difficult. It's really I mean, difficult. So is anything that you're doing right now in person or is it all Zoom? It's all Zoom except on Wednesday we go into the hospital like uh, either once a week or um, once every other week. And is that like you get a jolt of energy? Like, like is that something like is that like game day where you're like, okay, let's go. Like I'm excited or is that still like, um, you know, I'm, I'm dragging because Monday, Tuesday – Thursday and Friday, I'm on Zoom calls for forever. Uh, so yes and no. Yes, I have been feeling uh, that day is, def- is always better than others, for sure, 100%. Um, 
is it so much better that it changes my entire week? No, like I'm still feeling pretty low on medical school in general, yeah. um, to be quite honest. Um, that's interesting. Yeah. I, but I, I think that's an isolated issue. Like, I don't think other classmates feel the same way. I think that day for them is like a great day and it's just, like, it gives them meaning and, and stuff. Um, for me, it just hasn't done it. I don't know, I'm not sure why. Um, yeah, what, what are you struggling with the most? Uh, it's a long conversation we're going to have, Jake. Um, I think, I don't want to say it's doubt because I, I don't know if it's, I'm making this stuff up in my head, but I've been having a lot of thoughts about like, just the way I'm approaching my future. Um, how fast I'm moving, I guess. Like I didn't take a gap year, right? Uh, before medical school and like 75 kids percent of the kids in my class have taken at least one gap year. Um, not that I would take a gap year, but I feel like I'm going through stuff now that those kids might've gone through during their gap year. Like, oh, I'm getting older. Uh, what do I want to do with my life? Um, how do I want to do it? Um, and stuff like that. I feel like I'm going through it right now and I haven't really gotten to like a conclusion or a verdict. Um, but that's, that's the struggle right now. That's like kind of what's on my mind almost every morning when I wake up. It's not medical school. It's like kind of this existential kind of dread, kind of like it's like a, it's an opportunity that I have to like actually think about this stuff now. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because I, like I don't think, and I think that sort of is sort of like in all facets of life, right? Like you you get you know into your grad school or your college or you know whatever. And, and you're, you're expected to be like, I'm there, I'm happy. Like everything's cool. And it's like, nah, like you're going to deal. I can curse on this. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Like you're going to deal with shit and mm-hmm. like, and, 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 and have shit that, you know, like, like makes you question things. Right. And mm-hmm. yeah. And, and you didn't get that recharge. Like a lot of people have that recharge of, okay, Hey, I just grinded for me, you know, whatever you're not grinding as a five-year-old, but like you're in school <laughs> from five to 18 or, or, or five to 21 or 22. And then, yeah. And, and, and then you do maybe take a gap year or two where you enter the professional space and it's different. Right. And, and for you, it's, it's in that same routine of school. And, and again, it's also you're on zoom, you're online. Like, yeah, like I would imagine that's really, really tough. And you begin asking yourself questions and, um yeah. well, I mean you know how I feel about you and and your life and, and, and everything so I'm I mean, not I, I won't I won't uh gush over you on here but yeah I mean no I mean thanks for asking I mean this is also the reason why I started doing this podcast and uh and making the TikToks and doing all that stuff because I felt like I had like energy inside and I didn't know how to take it out and it was I guess this kind of creative energy that um I needed to use um we'll see we'll see i'm thinking more about it and my dad's been helping me out with, with going through it and my sister that was too. my next that was my next question like yeah. is talking to your folks about this like helpful it's hard it's it's hard right so my, my dad like almost doesn't understand why i'm thinking these thoughts right. but i'm like i'm like i don't want to say if i'm proud of him but uh he's been trying his best to understand so i am i guess proud of him and um um, at first, whenever we have this kind of conversation, he starts off like telling me like to stop thinking the way I'm thinking, like 
that I wish if I could, I would. Exactly. And, but after like half an hour of the conversation, he'll like take a step back and realize that like he can't change what I'm thinking. It's just like, he just has to be there for a little bit. And he, he's been pretty accepting of my thoughts. That's, um, I, I mean, very that's, surprising. That's pretty cool. It is. Like, it like is. That, yeah. Like that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Like I struggle. Yeah. Some, yeah. I struggle sometimes with like my parents and that where like, I, sometimes I just want them to like listen to me bitch about a topic and like not real like just be like you know be like you know whether it's about work life and be like yo Jake like that shit sucks like like I feel you and and it's not met with that and I'm like like I'm not even asking for like a conversation I just want you to acknowledge like I can at least understand where you're where you're uh, coming from and that's interesting that like you can have that pushback like like initially but then he eventually like and 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 your point is, is great there too it's like i don't want to be feeling this way you know like, <laughs> like, like, like i don't want to wake up and have this like you know like 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 crisis and 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 be like oh i'm not sure you know what i'm doing like no like like that sucks right so mm-hmm. yeah for sure 100 percent um that's interesting yeah, and I've noticed myself doing it to my sister. Like sometimes she will tell me something she's feeling weird about, and my first reaction is to like tell her how to fix it. Yeah. And she's called me out on it too. She's like, John, I don't. I'm not telling you to like stop telling me what to do. Like I, I I've thought about everything you you could tell me. I just want you to listen. Like you're right, sister. I'm gonna listen. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Rachel is very good at, uh, with that with me sometimes. Where whatever she'll have a bad day, you know, in clinical, and. Just be like, yo, I just need you to like listen and like not talk and like give me advice and stuff. But then, but then other times, like she does need to. So, it, like for me, yeah. I'm always like, now do I interject? Like, like in in this moment, like, what do you want from me? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, and how 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 have you been able to decide to uh, to to speak or not? Um, when this, I think like when it's when she has a when it's a bad day and she starts questioning when she starts questioning like um how do i put it a lot of times she'll make comments such as like am i just like faking my way through this am i do i really belong here and and those moments are when i interject and, and tell her you have a 3.8 GPA at one of the best schools out there, period. All of your clinic rotation people have said how amazing you are. Like, sometimes you, me- you mess up and, and, and you don't tell the doctor everything they need to know and, and they're going to coach you on it, right? Because it mm-hmm. is your clinical rotation and, and they're, they're trying to have you not make the same mistake twice. So don't question your value, your worth like and also know that their feedback is like is just uh, to help you so when it comes to that sort of self-doubt and and am i like have i faked my way through school it's like no no you have and and so 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 that's the moments where you try to build her back up um Mm. and then i think yeah and then i think when it's just a typical friend drama and stuff you just let that stuff like like within her classes and stuff though, mm-hmm. you just let her air that stuff out and just, just nod the head. And... Mm-hmm. 
thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, you seem pretty good at it. <laughs> no, I mean, I have no idea what I'm, but again, it's, it's, you know, I have whatever, two and a half years of practice now. So, uh-huh. but, but if you were to get her on this, she would tell you like, Jake should probably just shut the bleep up. <laughs> so, how's she been? She been up? Yeah, I mean, she's good. I mean, she's again, I, I don't, I don't, um, I, I'm, I'm very much like my parents where I don't sing people's praises often. Uh, she, she, she's been incredible. Like, it, it, it's been really cool to see her, uh, just grow and, and, and really find her passion. Um, and again, you're kind of taking a chance, right? You're going mm-hmm. to, nurse practitioner school and or young nursing school to become a nurse practitioner and it's like am I making the right decision I don't know you know like whatever there's a lot going on there and yeah she's doing really great and she really likes the work and she connects really well with her patients um and yeah she's doing a good job and you know she helps she only has she's working probably 40 or 50 hours a week uh um, for her clinical rotation and she'll be probably done mid February and, and that's it. And, and and then she'll take, she'll take the exam and pass and, and rock out. So, yeah, I mean, she, I mean, I mean, she's been awesome and, and sort of, she's found her groove and purpose and she's excited about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mid February, that's today. Do you mean like she's done? Oh, sorry. I said mid-February. I yeah, yeah. it'll be done mid-April. Sorry. April. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So March. Yeah. So, but yeah. Yep. Wow. And then so like, cause uh, technically she has until mid-May, but she'll be, mm-hmm. she'll be finished mid-April. Yep. Okay. And what's the yep. plan out there? She'll move down here and, and live with me and, and we'll, uh, just find a job and stuff and, and all that fun stuff. But yeah. Are you, are you excited? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's a, we've been doing the long, we've been doing the long uh, distance thing for a long time now, right? So it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, quarantine, like COVID. I, I want to. I should preface this, right? I mean, COVID's been terrible, and a lot of people have been affected. Uh, you know, jobs, death, etc. For us without trying to sound too insensitive for us, it was really great because I was able to just go up to Connecticut and stay with her family for four months. And, and we were able to live together and I was able to do all my work remotely. So that was really cool. Cause we hadn't really had that since college. Obviously there are times in the summer when I can take some time off here or there and we have some weeks together, but we had never had those like four months. And that was really fun. That was like, Oh, this is cool. Um, like this is what normal people do. They live with their significant other. Wow. Imagine that. Like, like we've never had that. Right. So, so that was cool. Um, and then, yeah. And then this winter she was able to come down for a bit and stay with me for like two, two and a half weeks, which is cool. We were able to have like my house all to ourselves and whatnot. And yeah. So, I mean, it's cool, obviously, um, living with someone while both of you are working is still different and and something that we'd like to experience uh, together but uh yeah that's the plan and it's pretty exciting i mean we've been dating now for i don't know close to eight years like, yeah. <laughs> like it's been a while right yeah 
Yeah, man. I'm excited for you. Excited for you, man. I feel like this, ever since we like, you know, became friends and not just you were my mentor and stuff, uh, which you always will be, but hopefully. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like that's always been a day that you were looking forward to. Um, yeah. So I'm glad it's coming soon. Yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah, we're rock and rolling. So. Um, I wanted to ask you about your opinion about what's going on in the in the, in the NBA right now. Um, I have a lot of thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I, I like. That's my. This my I'm just <laughs> driving right in. Go ahead. Yeah. I. I mean. I. I. I have thoughts and opinions on just about everything. I did. I did. Um. So my parents for Christmas were like, "Hey, we want to buy you NBA League Pass, which is just where you can like watch all the games or whatever online and." I told him, hey, like, I'm not really sure. Like, I wake up early. I don't know if I'll be able to, like, stay up that late to watch a lot of games. I was like, don't buy it. And, like, early January, I just went out and bought NBA League Pass myself, I said. And I've, like, um, I obviously, I, I, I pride myself, and not to sound super arrogant, I do pride myself on knowing more about sports than the majority of people. You do. You do. Um, and – I, uh, yeah, watch NBA League Pass is just really fun because I can just watch like quarters and or halves of games and then just like, just, you know, switch game to game. And it's really fun for me because I just love, I love watching basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, basketball is probably my favorite sport to watch. So, yeah, um, yeah it, it's been, it's been really, really cool. Yeah. So I, I can, I can talk all things. I can talk all things NBA. I, I'm ready. Okay. Well, what do you think about the, I, this is me. I'm I'm using you as a resource right now. This is you're yeah. my Google for for basketball. Yeah. Uh, how big of a chance do you think the Jazz have at uh, making it making it big? Yeah. So that's interesting. They're playing. Uh, obviously, they have the best record in the West. They have really really great pieces. Gobert probably right now is the front front runner to win Defensive Player of the Year. Donovan Mitchell has sort of elevated again where, you know, he was an all-star last year. He had a great run in the bubble, but he's sort of taken not necessarily like a leap, but like a next step of where, you know, he, he's considered, you know, a top 20 to 22 guy in the NBA. So you have two of those guys, you have Mike Conley, who is healthy. He just got back from like a hamstring injury, but he's been healthy the majority of the year. He played in Memphis for so long, and the way that team was built, it was just built very differently than the Jazz. So he had to get used to playing with Rudy Gobert. Mm-hmm. And so he seems like he's found his groove. He's like a borderline all-star. The uh, uh, the common sort of thread around Mike Conley you'll hear is he's the best player to have never made an all-star game, which is probably <laughs> something like you don't, don't – uh, don't want to be known as but yeah, yeah so like they have a good like their big three are just three really really solid NBA guys and then they have a bunch of other dudes that just buy into their roles uh, Jordan mm-hmm. Clarkson off the bench is probably the sixth man of the year and mm-hmm. at all times they either have Clarkson Conley or Mitchell on the floor together so you have two very good guards at all time on the floor together. And then they have other guys that can create their own shot. Joe Ingles is really good. Uh, Bogdanovich is really good. So I say all of this to say that it doesn't really matter come the playoffs because when, if they were to play the Lakers, let's say in the conference finals, 
the Lakers have the two best players on the floor. And normally in the NBA, I can, you know, have this nice two-minute speech on the Jazz and how they fit well and they move the ball and it looks really pretty and guys are finding their roles. But ultimately in the NBA and, and, and really at most levels of basketball, if you have the two best dudes on the court, you're going to win. So mm. you have LeBron, who may be the greatest player ever. And mm. then you have Anthony Davis, who, you know, wh- when he's rolling and healthy, he's a top five to eight guy probably in the mm-hmm. NBA. So when you have two of those guys and the Jazz, you can say Mitchell's great, Gobert's defense player of the year candidate, Conley's <laughs> awesome. None of they are they are not doesn't matter. That, they are not in that stratosphere of top 10 guys. Like, and they're not even in really probably the top 20, right? Because Gobert, for as great as he is defensively, he's very limited offensively, even though he knows his role and plays it well. Um, Yeah, so I say all of that to say. But so so what's interesting, though, is if they do – if they are able to wrap up the number one seed and the Lakers and Clippers are the two and three seeds, then – the Jazz would only have to play the Lakers or Clippers in the conference finals. So, like, that, like that's big from the sense that it's not like they have to beat the Clippers and beat the Lakers, you know, yeah. to make the finals. In order to make the finals, obviously they have to win, win round one, round two, but that you're only playing the Lakers or Clippers in, in, that, in that West final. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like, they, like they're very good. They're playing really, really well. Quinn Snyder's awesome but mm-hmm. it's the Lakers in the West. Yeah. So two things come to mind. Um, that's so interesting to me how they could have the best records. I think both East and West, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Best records. Oh, yep. And the, weren't they also undefeated in the bubble? Or is that – am I making up things? No, they were not undefeated in the bubble. Yeah, you're thinking what, of the what, Phoenix Suns. Oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind. Um, well, yes. So they have the best record. How – it still doesn't make sense to me how then come the playoffs they have like much lower chance. Yeah. I mean, it's a 72 game season. And when you're LeBron James and you've been to however many finals now that he's been to, like he, like the Lakers aren't locked in every night because they know that like, like they had a stretch where they ended up beating, I believe the Oklahoma city thunder a couple nights ago where OKC is kind of, you know, controlling the, the entire game. And the Lakers, you can just tell. They turn it on for like six minutes. And they completely erase the deficit. They force the game into overtime. They win in overtime. And LeBron's like, man, we got to stop playing overtimes. Like, let's go, fellas. Like, like, like it, it's just when you have the two best dudes that can just lock it in, everybody knows their role on that team, you know, it's just really, really hard to beat. So I would say that the Jazz are – I mean, the Jazz play harder in the regular season. They are more locked in. They're more locked into the scouting report. They're more locked into what they do. Like, everything, it, it matters more to them. Mm-hmm. And when the Lakers want to turn it on, they turn it on, and, and they're better. Like, it, uh-huh. it, it's just a fact of – yeah. So, so, so I mean – like what's what's so cre- incredible about LeBron? Mm-hmm. He had a few years in Cleveland, especially in his last two years in Cleveland. It didn't like it. 
you could watch a, a Cavs game and it didn't look like he was trying or engaged at all. Just like from an effort level, from a, a defense level, from an offensive level where he's just, you know, checked out on possessions. And he, and, and, and you look at the box score and you're like, wait, LeBron just has 25 points, eight rebounds and eight assists. And it's like, he didn't even, like, it didn't even look like he tried out there. And, and, and so again, when you're that level of just great, when you turn it on and you're super locked in mentally, like, I mean, wow. that, like, that's why he goes to the finals. Like he's, yeah. he's been to the finals, you know, in this decade, he's been, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. He, he was in the finals every year, but his first year with the Lakers and that was the year he got hurt. Like mm-hmm. he, he just made you, you're, you're guaranteed with LeBron on your squad, a trip to the finals. No, that's wow. not saying win. But yeah, yeah, but but you're 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 guaranteed a trip, and yeah, because they made it in eleven, all the way through eighteen, nineteen. He didn't make it, and then twenty, and yeah. So. Wow, that's that's insane, insane to me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not like I would love to make it more complex than that. Yeah, but when the Lakers lock it in and turn it on, they're better. Mm-hmm. Who, other than him and MJ, who do you think of as players who could turn it on whenever they want to and they could win a game just because they decided to win a game? Yeah, well, well, well that's interesting. Um, so, like, in my – like, I only – I like to speak in, in kind of my lifetime. Yeah. Because I, I don't really – like, I could say Larry Bird. Like, I never watched Larry Bird play. I, I don't remember Larry Bird playing. Um, I could say Magic. I don't remember Magic Johnson playing hoops. Um. I'm trying to think in my lifetime. I mean, Kobe was, was like that, right? Like Kobe, mm-hmm. but Kobe seemingly treat, like Kobe was never really coasting. It felt like, right. Like, yeah. like it was always just like pedal to the metal mm-hmm. grinder go. Um, I mean, those two people like are in a pretty special class. I think yeah. the, the Jordan, LeBron class is really, really special that I don't really think people like there are moments like Tim Duncan is Tim Duncan and Kobe are my two favorite uh, uh, basketball players for vastly different reasons. Um, But both of those two could hit a switch that was, was just a little bit different where, and especially for Duncan, what was incredible is, most of your impact players are, you know, guards and wings. And to think of Duncan as like late game, we're getting the ball in the post and operating everything through a big guy. Like you don't really see that often. So Duncan and Kobe fall into probably like the two best players that I grew up watching. And it, it, it's really interesting, right? Because Kobe is the brash guy yelling at teammates MF and dudes and and Duncan is the guy that is you know Greg Popovich the Spurs head coach is MF and him and he mm-hmm. takes that and doesn't say anything and that sort of sets the culture for the San Antonio Spurs for the last you know for the next 20 years right because it's like if your superstar is getting cursed out and takes it and takes the coaching then if I'm the third best player, the fifth best player, I have to do that as well, right? And so their leadership styles were just vastly different. 
but also mm-hmm. like wildly effective on, on both ends. Right. I, I mean, Kobe, like Pau Gasol will say this now, Kobe raised his level of play. And if you look at Manu, um, Tony Parker, even uh, David Robinson later in his career, obviously when uh, Duncan was younger, like he elevated all of those guys, they both played through massive injuries. So I would say like, like those two, again, like, like they're, they are nowhere near the LeBron MJ stratosphere, but those two are probably my two favorite guys and are in an era where, where it's pretty special because my generation would have a lot of people in my generation would have big arguments as to like, who would you rather have Kobe or Duncan because mm. like they both have five titles but they just did it very differently their personalities are wildly different they don't play the same position so it, it's a real sort of debate there where and there's no real winner right because they say Duncan's the greatest power forward of all time and Kobe's not the best guard or sh- shooting guard of all time because that's Jordan but Mm. anyway that's my ramble i also love that gotcha gotcha interesting what about the east what do you think of uh what do you think of brooklyn uh Uh, yeah i mean so yeah so brooklyn's interesting like they don't play a lick of defense mm -hmm. but in in playoff time if if you had to say i mean boston is a mess right now like they can't (laughs) they can't figure out anything they are a mess and and what's interesting is, is with Boston, <laughs> what's crazy is they could, could have had Hayward and, and traded him to the Pacers and gotten uh, McDermott and Miles Turner back. Mm-hmm. And hindsight being 2020, that looks like that would have probably been the best move. Hayward's also playing awesome in Charlotte right now. And and, and, right. and and for a guy that's had really terrible luck, I'm really happy. Like, he should be a borderline all-star. Like, he probably won't make it, but he's averaging, like, 21, 5, and mm-hmm. 5. Like, he's having a really excellent year, and he brings a level of maturity to that Charlotte team that's just a really mm-hmm. young team. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I just feel bad for, uh, for Hayward just because I was like, man, like, you, you – you got dealt a bad hand. Um, so Boston's really, really struggling, and a lot of it has to do Kemba. You know, smaller guards when they deteriorate, it's fast, and so mm-hmm. he's had a lot of injuries. It's you know, it's been a lot of knee stuff with him. Is that you know, are we seeing the end of him? Because Kemba was an All Star last year, like he was yeah. one of the best twelve players in the Eastern Conference, and this year he's definitely not that. So yeah. So, so they're interesting. I love Brown and Tatum. Like I love those two dudes. Boston fans, I know. What, what, what do you think of Tatum? He has. I feel like uh, he's been a little off. No. I would say he has been off. No, I. I <laughs> yeah. I, no, no, no. I I agree. I I just think the way they compete and the way on like they com- typically you find them competing on defense, and for two young players, I think that can be rare. And while, but Tatum also miss some time with COVID like like that like I, I'm I, yes he 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 while he's a surefire all-star he's not he hasn't leveled up right uh-huh. like I like I talked about 
Mitchell leveling up. I, I don't necessarily think Tatum has yet. Now that's not to, like, like Jalen Brown came in and you're like, Oh wow. Like you leveled up this year. Like you're a surefire mm-hmm. all-star. You might be an all-star starter. You might, I mean, you, you're an all NBA guy, right? Like, yeah. like if people had to fill out their all NBA teams, Jalen Brown is an all NBA guy right now. So he's been special and, and Tatum because the leap was so gigantic from year mm-hmm. two to year three, like it's not oh like it's not it's not linear, right? So it's mm-hmm. not like oh he made this jump year two to year three, so year three year to year four it's going to be the same. It's like, going to be bigger, yeah. Yeah, like it takes time, and I think the COVID thing is real. So yeah, yeah the Celtics are weird. The Bucks are sort of the team where hey, I like your pieces, um, but you're going to have to put Giannis in more pick and rolls and less because basically in the playoffs like what teams do is just wall him off and say okay like we're not allowing you to just drive straight down the basket we're and and dunking all over us we're walling you off and then making you either make a jump shot or kick to lesser playmakers and shooters um chris middleton i love he doesn't get talked about nearly enough he arguably could be an all-star starter he's great but again with the bucks right i think because the personnel is so similar, it, it's sort of a – you guys made the conference finals two years ago. You fell to the Raptors. You get demolished by the Heat last year. So it's like you can be great in the regular season. Until I see you do stuff in the playoffs, I don't really trust it. And I really like to use the metric. And, again, I, I, I try to make this stuff really, really simple – Late in the fourth quarter, who are your five guys out there? Mm-hmm. And and I just want to know. And with the Bucks, you have Drew Holiday, who's excellent. You have Chris mm-hmm. Middleton, who's excellent. And you have Giannis, who obviously is excellent. He's a two-time MVP. But offensively, there are limitations to his game in a half-court setting. Transition, yeah. great. But in a half-court setting, if you're not using him as really like, like your center and screener, there are some – limitations there and then I say who are guys four and five for them and I don't know who who, I don't know who play like in crunch time if you ask coach bud who is your fourth and fifth guy I don't know who those guys are uh, for them Mm -hmm. so that so and that's problematic like is it Dante DiVincenzo shout out Wilmington Delaware is it you know is it Brooke Lopez like so those could be four and five. It's probably not Bobby Portis, Bryn Forbes, Pat Connaughton. Like, I, like, again, I don't know who four and five is. So one through three are really solid. Four and five, question mark. Hmm. The, uh, the Nets are, are, are really interesting. And when you acquire a superstar like Harden, it's awesome because – to use my dumbed down theory, typically you're rolling out the three best dudes on the court every night. Mm-hmm. You have yeah. KD, you have Harden, and you have Kyrie. Now they don't play a lick of defense. And when you acquire Harden, you lose a lot of key depth, right? Like Jared Allen was really good for them, especially at protecting the rim. He's no longer there. He's with Cleveland. You don't have you don't have Karis LeVert anymore. He's in Indiana. Spencer Dinwiddie towards ACL you obviously don't have him so again you do the thing of like who are your five guys late so I know it's Kyrie I know it's KD I know it's Harden I know it's Joe Harris who's the fifth guy and who's protecting the rim that's scary Mm -hmm. and then the last sort of contender probably is Philadelphia 
and Joel Embiid's playing at an MVP-type level. Tobias Harris is a really good number two option. Ben Simmons, for all that he doesn't do on offense, he's incredible on defense, and he does a lot of the winning play stuff. Seth Curry, him and Joel, if they can sort of figure out their side pick and roll action, that can be good. So I would say, so I, I say this to say, I don't know who comes out of the East. If I had to bet money today, I would bet on the Nets. Mm-hmm. I would bet on the Nets because they have the, they have the three best guys. Just following your theory. Yeah. Like, and, and they'll figure out. And while I don't, they may never figure out the defense. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to score 135 points on them. Like, like yeah. they can just say, Hey, we're going to try to outscore you. And they might yeah. be able to do it. Right. So uh-huh. I, I think that's, and there are probably some moves that all of these teams can make on the margins to get like another quality role player mm-hmm. that that can really help. So I, yeah, yeah, I would, I would take Brooklyn, but I'm rooting for Philadelphia. Hmm. Why do you want to see Philadelphia? Because your team? Uh, I just, no. Who, not, who, do, who, do, who is your team? By the way, I don't. I don't think I know. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have. I don't really have teams. I'm. I'm an Orioles fan, which sucks because they <laughs> suck. But, um, yeah. So, uh, do I really like watching the Miami Heat play? Unfortunately, uh, they haven't. They've. They've struggled a lot with COVID and and some injuries this year. I. I do really like the Heat, though. Uh, mm-hmm. probably because uh, Duncan Robinson is play division three basketball and i just think that's cool yeah so and i like i like jimmy butler i have bam on my fantasy basketball team so um (laughs) yeah i would say i really enjoy the heat and (laughs) i in the west i still really like san antonio just because i think they're fun and they have a lot of young guys that again like with league pass i can just like watch a spurs game like oh this seems fun um yeah but no i'm 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 more like i root for individual players like i love dame lillard he's 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 my he's my uh current he's so fun to watch i feel like i love he's just tough man and like i like how outspoken he is about yo i'm not i'm not joining up with the other guys if i win in portland great if i don't Mm -hmm. all right but like i'm a dude and and, and that was cool. Like, I mean, he's from Weber State. He is small. Mm-hmm. He obviously under-recruited. He had, you know, his start to the NBA was interesting because he felt like he should have been an all-star earlier on. And then he eventually gets the nod and people are like, oh, like, is he an all-star? And then he's just been a killer. And he's just had so many iconic moments in big playoff games. Uh, yeah, I, I love I love Dane. I love him. He is fun. He is fun to watch. So, um, you think uh, – what's the problem there? No money to bring in other players for him to help him out? Yeah, I mean, no one wants to go to Portland. Um, like, and 
they, I mean, CJ McCollum is, a, I mean, him and CJ are two max level players. And yeah, like they haven't, like a lot of their like like issues too have been just trying to stay healthy. So like Nurkic is always banged up. Zach Collins is always banged up. And they've had these younger guys like Anthony Simons is supposed to be really good. Well, Anthony Simons is like, is, has never been good yet. And so it's also tough too, when your two best guys are like guards like like they're like cj isn't a wing like normally your best dude like if for instance like if if you're the celtics your two best players are these six seven six eight wings that are also great players on offense but are, are are great and versatile on defense as well like like the blazers don't have that and dame and cj aren't necessarily great defenders now 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 they make up for it because they're always in the right spots and and they understand basketball, but yeah, they're, they're like a third guy away, right? Like mm-hmm. to use, to use the litmus test of like, who's your third guy? Well, they don't really have a third guy. Yeah. Right? Like, so it, it's tough. And when that third guy is supposed to be use of Nurkic, but he's been hurt or Zach Collins is developing and looks good, but he's always <laughs> hurt. Like, like that's really, really hard. Rodney hood is always hurt. Um, so it, it, it so it, like, like it's just tough. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's also hard for them because of the teams they would have to get through, right, to make it um, in the playoffs, but, at least. Right, right. Like, <laughs> like for them, when they when they made the conference finals against the Warriors two years ago, like that's a huge deal. Yeah. They they made the conference finals. That's a huge huge deal. Mm-hmm. And and it's also too like basketball. It's just so fun. Like Jokic is really fun to play. There's this like six ten out of shape dude just whipping <laughs> all the people. Like, that's really fun. He's so fun to watch play. They yeah. run their offense through him just at the elbow, and he's just making all these types of decisions, and he looks so out of shape, but he's so good, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> super fun. And, like, the Suns are fun with Chris Paul and, and what they're doing. Like, like the league is in just, like, a really, really good place, and, mm-hmm. and that's pretty that's pretty exciting. Um, again, I just – I love I, – I love I love hoops. Yeah, uh, my 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 friend uh, before the season started was like, "Jokic is gonna win MVP." Just watch, and though may that may not be true, but he's been playing pretty good. Good, he's in the he's in the top. You know, there there are there are probably four or five MVP candidates right now. It's LeBron, and that's more narrative. It's yeah. Joel Embiid. It's mm-hmm. it's Jokic. Probably you throw Steph in there just because Steph. I mean, his team's not good enough and Steph won't win it but Steph's been really really good good. yeah Yeah, like I would say probably the three candidates are are Jokic um uh, Embiid and and LeBron and I think Mm -hmm. LeBron will win because of narrative and he reminded everybody last year like I'm still the best player I'm bored in the regular season I should have been the MVP last season if if the season hadn't gotten shut down due to COVID because because people do forget, and I hate when people saying, or I hate when people say, people forget. But people do forget that last year LeBron was kind of rolling. Giannis had gotten hurt, and LeBron was rolling and making a push like, "Yo, I should be the MVP. Yo, I should be the MVP." Then the shutdown happens because of COVID. Then they bubble, and obviously, Giannis like deservedly so 
is the MVP. But had Giannis missed eight to ten games or so and LeBron had kept rolling, I think LeBron may have won, may have won the MVP last year. So I, I definitely think from a narrative standpoint, voters will be like, man, like LeBron only has four of these MVP trophies mm-hmm. and he's been the best player probably since 2007. Yeah. Maybe we should give him an extra one just to tack it mm-hmm. on his legacy. And, and and I think LeBron's social media team uh, will do a good job trying to convince everybody. But, yeah, Jokic is a great pick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love him. He's great. He's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Where do you, did you see him uh, – what kind of contract does he, uh, does he have with um, – It's a good question. I mean, I, I would imagine I, – I mean, we we can – look it up right now on sport track uh but I, I i would imagine he is on on his nice max deal yeah he, he he's on his max deal so he's he's making he's making 30 million dollars this year 31 million next year 33 million the following so he he's on his max yeah He's a stud. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, um, the, was... the NBA salary cap is a whole thing that, like, I, I, I would like to have more time to dive in because there are a lot of salary cap rules, restrictions, exceptions that I know of and can kind of explain, but um, I'm not fluent in that. Mm-hmm. I was actually just about this is kind of interesting. I was just about talking about the the, the salary cap today with well, I wasn't talking. I was listening to my friend explain some stuff to me, and he was telling me how Bradley Beal was the first guy to get a max deal when those things were rolled out. Is that is that true? Um, when when what was rolled out? Like the new contract. He explained it to me in a certain way, like a, the new contract clause or something like that. The 20, um, 2016, I think, is when he got it. Yeah. So, the Wizards. That, right. Yeah. So, if he did sign that deal, then yeah, because the salary cap did jump up tremendously in 2016. And yeah. they had this sort of like record where teams had so much money to spend and mm-hmm. they wanted. So, there was talk where the NBA, and again, people can fact check me here but like like they wanted to like gradually um sort of uh yeah yeah but basically like in like instead of having the salary cap spike that one year have it gradually go up but the players union at that time and a lot of the players that were free agents at that time and michelle roberts who's uh the uh, a president of the players association wanted the spike so then everybody and then so the teams they have to spend the floor of the salary cap they have to spend at least 90 percent of it so these teams had all this money so they had to sign all these like pretty average to below average players to these massive contracts so like you're like wait he's making 20 million dollars but these teams had to spend this money because they have to hit the salary cap floor and they have to spend 90 percent of the salary cap anyway so that was in the, so so that enabled that enabled Golden State to sign Kevin Durant. So so, mm. so Golden State had this cap room that they otherwise wouldn't have had, but because the, the cap jumped up so tremendously, they had the room. And because Steph was on a 
a lower contract because of his ankle injuries way back when Draymond was on a lower deal. They all of this and they had the cap room to assign Durant. So anyway, that that's a whole like like that's a deep deep dive and into the cap, and I can't do it uh, justice as I probably should, but. You probably you probably could, but just one question. Um, so you have to hit ninety percent of the of the cap. So you have to send between ninety and hundred, basically. Yeah. So like the so like the NBA salary cap this year is they are the NBA salary cap this year is a hundred and nine million dollars. So you have to spend. So each team has to spend ninety percent of that. Wow, so it's between 98 and 109. Interesting. So why do they make you spend the minimum? Uh, that, I mean, that's probably a, a better question for a smarter person uh, like yourself to answer. But yeah, I mean, I would imagine like, A, from an NBA Players Association standpoint, right? Uh, like when they sign their collective bargaining agreement, they want their guys to get paid. So, you know, like if you're, and, and you want teams to, you want owners that have these teams to be competitive, like to, to, even though like, right, like we all know at the end of each year, there are only probably a handful of teams that have a real chance to win. You still want the other teams spending yeah. money and trying to be competitive. So I would say it's probably competitive balance. And then, and then f- from a player standpoint, they want to make sure that they're they're You know, it's not just the superstars who are also, getting paid it's your role players and 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 likewise but mm-hmm. yeah well what an interesting way to do it um i know another sport i watch uh formula one racing and uh, there isn't a cap well i don't watch it watch it but i, I follow that, and, and there and there is no cap on how much the team spend as of right now or if there is not sure it's not that it, it's pretty high so you get uh, teams like Mercedes and they've been winning, you know, year after year and they have so much, so much money. But I think in the next two years, they're changing that, which would make things more competitive for the other teams. Well, so like if you look at so like in in, in the NFL, there's a hard cap, right? Yeah. So like you can't go over that cap like you can like you can. Again, there are ways to manipulate the cap, but like the cap is the cap. You can't go over with the NBA. You can go over the cap and you have to pay a luxury tax and it gets, and, and it gets more and more expensive each year you do so. But if you're winning, like if you're golden state, they were going over the luxury tax, but they're winning and they're raking in all this money. So it's fine. Anyway, in major league baseball, like you have, and I believe I saw this on, on Twitter the other day, like the Dodgers this year are, are going to spend like $400 million in payroll. The pirates are going to spend $40 million in payroll. Like, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it there, there's in in each sport, it's just it's so drastically different with what teams um, can and cannot do, and are expected to pay, um, et cetera. And, and that's why, right? Like in the NFL, when you've seen this Patriot a dynasty of twenty years, like the hard cap is put in place so that to prevent dynasties from happening, <laughs> right? Like you know, like mm-hmm. you you guys after guys sign their rookie contracts and 
and, and those contracts are up and, and they're moving on and they want their payday, like theoretically they, you know, they go elsewhere and they get their payday from a, you know, a team that has salary cap space. And that's, what's been incredible with new England is like, they just rebuild retool every year. And a lot of that is Tom Brady taking pay cuts. Yeah. Yada, yada, yada. But um, yeah. So, so it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty interesting. And, and, and the stark trust with uh, between, baseball football Mm -hmm. basketball like how do like soccer transfers work uh uh, can you explain that to me how like soccer transfers work because i I have no idea i have no idea how that works it's i think soccer is probably more similar to baseball than it is to the to the other other sports like i don't think there's a cap um as far as i know um on how much teams can spend You're a big uh, UFC oh, cool. now, huh? Oh, I love the UFC. So I guess in the MLS there is a there is a salary cap, but I don't think in Europe there. Um... Well, that's kind of weird. That was a salary cap, but people come here to get paid when they're when they're done there, <laughs> when they're out of the prime. I'm gonna have to look into this. It and, says there's and, a four million salary cap, but that does not make sense. Four million is so so little. And then like and and then which like I like I as I was explaining it, but I didn't explicitly say like like Major League uh, Baseball uh, there is no salary cap. Now, now there there is a certain level where if you go over, you are paying a lu- luxury tax. But so, so like the Dodgers are paying a luxury tax, <laughs> uh, for instance. But there is no cap. So yeah, but as you said, football is a hard cap, so there's no not even the option to. Okay. And, and, and it's just much easier to like wrap your head around like, Hey, there's this number they can't go over it. Now, again, <laughs> smart people, you know, and, and you have figured out gurus and yeah. you're able to uh, manipulate that. Yeah. So uh-huh. when, uh, when did you get into UFC? Sorry. I got I, into I, the I UFC. That conversation. It, it, no, it, no, dude. I love talking about the UFC. Uh, I got into the UFC during college. Um, I forget for what reason. I think I was watching Joe Rogan probably, and he mentioned it. I'm like, what is this? And I looked it up, and it was my first time watching a fighting sport. Like, I, w- I didn't watch boxing before. I knew it existed, but I, w- I was like, this is too violent for me. But I watched the UFC, which is even more violent, you know, uh, at least I think so. There's more blood flying around, and I loved it. I loved it. I loved every single thing about it. Like, I love team sports, watching them at least, playing them. Uh, I'm only – I'm. I, I don't know if I told you, I've been playing, I played basketball when I first moved here and we'd play like two, three times a week. And I, I was generally getting kind of better and I loved it, but I never loved sport, uh, team sports before. Like I hated playing soccer, which sounds weird. Um, but there's something different about fighting where it's like you train, you train, you train for weeks and months and years and you get in that ring and it's just you and this other dude who's trying to kill you actively trying to kill you, trained for years, his entire life to kill you in this moment. And you have to do the same, which is it's so interesting to me, like what they have to go through mentally, emotionally, and physically um, to do that. And then, yeah, it's so exciting. And like the stories behind every fighter, like this guy, like Conor McGregor, like so you probably heard, definitely heard about him, like how he lost his last fight. But um, I, I think he's in a much better place like mentally than he has been ever before. And I generally think he'll come back. We'll see. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I think, I think he'll come back. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the McGregor thing is, is crazy because obviously, like, I mean, I just was, I remember just watching him fight Mayweather. Like, I know that that was boxing. Like, that was super impressive, though. Like, I, I walked away from that. Like, that's a win for Connor. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, like, like, that was pretty impressive. And, it, it, yeah. like, like, I was, yeah, I, I was very, again, I, I don't pretend to know much about, um, I know on my favorite uh, podcaster, Ryan Rosillo, he has a, John Anik, I think is his name on uh, sometimes who does the play-by-play for uh, UFC. Mm. And so I know, like, I know some names, what, like. Is that the bald dude or kind of bald? Yes. The must, must, mustache? Okay. Isn't there a guy like Francis Ngakwe, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. good, right? And Super then there's, uh, um, what's the guy that's undefeated? He's 29 and 0. Khabib. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's incredible, right? Uh-huh. Like, so, like, who's your favorite fighter? Is it McGregor? So, no, I think Stylebender is my favorite. Uh, Israel Adesanya is my favorite. But I, I love I love watching all of them. Like, re- this past weekend, Usman uh, fought for the belt. What a performance, man. It was amazing. I got chills watching it. Like, it was really? amazing. Amazing. Yeah, because it was his former teammate. The other dude was his former teammate. And the other dude came storming at him. But the way Usman kept his composure, stayed patient, like, the whole time. And I noticed something that... He, he's been pretty underrated. And I was thinking about why people haven't been, at least I think so, maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I think he's underrated. And I'm thinking about why he's been underrated and his fighting style is not fun to watch because he's so patient. He's like too patient. He waits for you to make some mistakes. He figures out how you, how, how you go and then picks you apart. Like the way he picked the other dude apart was just brutal, brutal. That's it. And it's, it's crazy too, because, you're spending so much time training, preparing, whatever. And it's what? Is it three uh, two-minute rounds? Uh, no, nah, it's five five-minute rounds. If it's a championship oh, five, fight, five, yeah. Five okay, okay. Yeah, 25 five. minutes, yeah. Like that's yeah. – and that's still, like, to me, that's crazy to think – I don't know. I just think that's crazy to think – oh, I was thinking high school wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's crazy to think that like all that time and effort is in this 25 minute bout. Yeah. And oftentimes they obviously don't make it. It could be five minutes. could be less. Yeah. That's yeah. That's interesting. That's really, really interesting. Like, would you, would you ever want to like try your hand at UFC? Like, I, I, I actually want to. Yeah, no, it's, it's been oh my, my goal. Yeah. 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 Because like, I, I like if you asked me that question, I would say like, absolutely not. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good running it. And doing my pull-ups, but I feel like yeah, I I I felt like your answer would be yes there. I I really really want to. I can't like um um once um I think next year I have to be in the hospital after that year. I'm I'm gonna find the gym. Hopefully COVID is not around at this at that point. I'm gonna find a gym and I'm gonna get a coach. And I'm not not that I want to compete, but I I generally think I would just I would really enjoy it. Um, I mean I yeah I think it'd be great. Yeah. But I, so I don't know if we thought, but I, basketball is so fun to play. Like, like I, I have a, I didn't, I didn't even know that, that, that was a thing here, but in medical school, a, a bunch of my classmates are seriously really good, like really, really good. And uh, um, I was so hesitant to play because I'm like, I'm, I'm awful. I've never played before, but they've been like telling me that, you know, you don't need to have that much skill if you know where to be um, and, and what to do in those moments. And it, it was so fun. So far, and I can't wait to play again when, when the weather is better. But right now, it's a bunch of snow on the ground. Yeah, no, I mean, hoops is fun, man. Like, I 
I think the reason why I like basketball so much is out of the three sports that I grew up playing, it's the one I spent the least time like working on. Like I never worked on basketball. Like I played, I played pickup growing up and you know, whatever. I, 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 I was able to have a uh, fine, whatever high school career for, for whatever that matters, uh, which it doesn't, but I love, like, it's, it's just, it's fun to be able to just go and play pickup and, you like again even if you're not super skilled if you know where you're supposed to be and you're Mm -hmm. able to like make the extra pass grab a rebound uh, defend like Uh it's like you you can make your way and pick up and I love pickup games where I'm sort of the seventh eighth ninth guy there and it's fun because when you're playing with other talented guys and you just do the small things right, they appreciate that. Like, yeah. like they're like, oh, I, like, I'm okay with Jake on my team because he'll make the extra pass. He'll make the right play. He'll understand where, where, he, where he needs to be, like, help defense-wise, like all that stuff. Yeah. And, and there's a certain level of, you know, managing the basketball team for two years in college. There's just a high level – even at the division three level, like I was fortunate enough, our team had the division three national player of the year. Like he's so, he was so good. I was like, wait, mm-hmm. like, he's a division three. Like it, it, it's just yeah. crazy. I mean, Jordan Bonner, obviously like he was the NESCAC mm-hmm. defensive player of the year. Like he's really talented. And that's a division three player. Like, like these guys are good, man. There's a lot of good basketball out there. So He was a defensive player of the year, Jordan? His senior year. Yeah. So wow. his, his, um, he didn't play much as a freshman. And then his sophomore year, he had a good sophomore year. He had some knee surgery, so he and he ended up missing some time. His junior year, he was had a good year, was second team all league. And then his senior year, there was some uh, some turnover on the team, and he sort of had to take like a lesser role, kind of on the offensive side, and, and really made his mark on defense and and was a great. A defender for them which is funny because in high school he was a terrible defender <laughs> and, uh, yeah and, and 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 he made his mark and and he could guard multiple positions and yeah mm-hmm. you know who I haven't heard of has Malik been playing or has he I, he did he transfer he hasn't yeah he, he trans so he's actually I mean he still plays like he still plays a lot of pickup and stuff and he actually coaches his younger brother in AAU uh that was just cool. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, Malik and, and I've always says, said this to him, like, no, I've never seen a high school athlete work harder at basketball than Malik did. And mm-hmm. that's what, there was a different level pre-practice, post-practice. He just grinded, man. I mean, and there's another wrestler actually at St. Andrews right now who he, I, he's probably the hardest working high school athlete period that I've ever encountered. But Malik, man, from a basketball standpoint, he just worked. Mm-hmm. He was tireless, man. He he was awesome. Wow, wow. Uh, you should tell. Uh, is that wrestler? Is he in high school now? He's a senior. Yeah, so he's yeah. able to. So his story is crazy. I actually did a podcast with him. So I've known him since since he was like five years old. What's, wait, what's what's what, what's his name? Or do you remember the number of the podcast? Uh, no, so I haven't, I haven't, you haven't released it, released it? Yet. Okay. Yeah, I released it yet. Uh, because so the plan was as he prepares for the state or as he enters the state tournament, I was, uh-huh. I was going to release it then, but yeah, so his, his name's Tyler Wood. Um, I've known him since, since he was like five and, uh, just a, like a great, just a great, great kid. But yeah, so he grew up like playing soccer, basketball and baseball. And, you know, he's, 
he's shorter. He's probably like five, seven or so now, but uh, his freshman year, he played uh, basketball. His sophomore year, he played, he decides to switch and he decides to wrestle. And he, so ends up having a few JV meets. He does really well in his first varsity tournament. He places like second in like the one 30 pound weight class the following year, his junior year. So he's only been wrestling now for like a year and a half. He qualifies for the state tournament at 138 pounds, which is a very competitive class in the state of Delaware. And Delaware is like pretty competitive in high school wrestling. And he, he went one and two in the state tournament meet. So again, like he won a match in the state tournament. And then this year, obviously with COVID, so he's, and St. Andrews isn't even here, but he's wrestling as an independent and he's like six and zero on the year. He hasn't surrendered a point to anybody. And he, a he's been practicing and drilling by himself, like like uh, most times. And then he also is a powerhouse in the weight room. I mean, he's five seven, one forty five. Can bench press over three hundred pounds. Can squat. Wow. I mean, he's like he's a he's a man out wow. there. And it's just cool because again, I have a personal like relationship uh, with yeah. him. Um, and he's just a great kid. And it's like really, really cool to, you know, hopefully I'm hoping that, you know, again, should high school sports be playing? Should they not be playing? We can all ha- ha- have our thoughts on that. But the fact that he's able to do that, be an independent and sort of, yeah, like his hard work is paying off. And it's really, really cool. Like he had a match with a kid that took fifth last year in States and he pinned him in like a minute. I was like, Boom. so it, it his goal, because I always said when he started wrestling, I was like state champ uh, 2021. And uh, he, I mean, he has a pretty good chance to place, which would be top four at state. It's like he, he, he has a fairly uh, good chance to place. Wow. What, um, what, so uh, a high school wrestler, what did they look at post high school? Is there any opportunities for them to, I mean, there's, there's college wrestling, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, they're like your, you know, your Penn States and your Oklahoma States are like your top tier, tier wrestling schools. Um, yes, but like, I mean, like, and, and there are a lot of those guys that use that and can get scholarship money and stuff. Um, so there are options. I obviously like I didn't wrestle. So I, I actually wish I did. Um, mm-hmm. But I, uh, yeah, so I'm not really sure what that landscape looks like. Like, I know I had a buddy, he was a year above me at St. Andrews and he he went to Franklin and Marshall and they're actually division one wrestling and he wrestled there for like a year and a half and then he had he had he had torn each labrum like three times and he was like all right I'm done I'm done but uh because it's crazy because like you get the kids that are sort of they don't necessarily look like they'd be good wrestlers but they've been doing it since they were four years old so they just and then you have kids like Tyler who who picked it up, but also just work out like, like, mm-hmm. so I, I see Tyler and I'm like, he could be in the UFC, you know, like I could see that story being written 10 years down the line of yeah. like, you know, he played basketball and then he started working out and he wrestled in high school was a late bloomer to, or, you know, like a late comer to the sport and then finds it and boom. And anyway, because he has that type of just edge to him where like Mm -hmm. if you're practicing and drilling by yourself for two hours a night, that takes a special type of person to do that. Mm -hmm. That was going to be my next question. Does does he think about that kind of stuff or no? 
Yeah, I don't know. Like we haven't. I know he's. I know he is into. Like that's so exciting to me. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like sitting up at the edge of my seat. Like I want to hear what he's thinking. And, and you would love him. He's like, he's one of just like the nicest, most humble kids. Peer, like he's just a, he's smart. Like, he, I, like he's just a really great kid. And uh, yeah, so like, I, and I know he's like in. Like he he's interested in the UFC like he watches and stuff so like I do know that I like I'm not sure if he would actually want to do it but it would be something that it wouldn't surprise me if he graduates college or whatever or during college he finds a gym and starts like just fighting people and like because yeah uh-huh he's the man wow Tyler for listening to this Jake we're probably gonna send this to him right just uh hey hey I'll, <laughs> <laughs> i'll clip this part yeah totally yeah <laughs> no he's he's uh yeah man he he's awesome yeah he's uh yeah so he and 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 it's, it's like cool for me too because again i've known him since he was you know like that tall and um yeah so it's cool that's amazing that's amazing yeah i i almost wish i got into that kind of stuff earlier on I mean, if I got, I mean, I'm not that I'm into it now, um, but I, I wish I did it when I was younger. Um, it's so like, a, like my parents would have never thought to let me wrestle, right? Like, it's like, oh, why do you want to do that? You're going to hurt yourself. Well, get this. My mom let me play football at age seven, but she didn't let me wrestle. You know, yeah, she yeah. didn't let me wrestle. I was like, why? Like, I was like, you let me like, like tackle kids, uh, but you didn't let me wrestle. Yeah. I mean, wrestling, you can't really do much to hurt the other person, right? I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah, I, I was kind of pissed off at her. I was like, why not? <laughs> I, like, you let me tackle kids. Like, well, yeah. like, why can't I wrestle? <laughs> yeah. I would have enjoyed it, I think. I don't know. Maybe. Interesting. How, how are you liking interviewing um, the athletes and the alums and, and stuff? I think that, like, to me, that's kind of like my sweet spot. I think yeah. I enjoy. I'm a I'm a genuinely curious person, and mm -hmm. so for a lot of them, I kind of know their stories, but I don't know all of it. And yeah. and for some, like, I don't know them at all. And I think that process has been cool. And and doing like a lot of the research on them, like, I, I do like my interviews. I have a I have a formula. Uh, uh, that uh, that I stick to like I wish I could do what you do and have more com conversation based stuff but I like sort of the like format that I have and I just do a lot of prep work and and I you know and uh yeah and, and I enjoy the prep work because like I enjoy finding pieces or quotes that they've said here and then pushing them on the quotes or um going in the archives and finding just uh, just random facts about them and asking them about that stuff. So yeah, I just think it's cool because I think St. Andrews, it, it is a pretty cool place. And there are a lot of really, really cool stories. Like, uh, like the next one that I'll probably release in two weeks is um, about a woman named Ella Cahill. So she graduated a year above me. So class of 2011 at St. Andrews, she never played organized baseball and she became the first woman to be named an amateur scout within the Chicago Cubs organization. Like that's pretty cool. And like, I mean, it's so when you think of baseball, it's the Yankees, it's the Red Sox, it's the Cubs. Mm -hmm. This St. Andrews graduate was the first woman to ever be named an amateur scout 
in one of the three most storied franchises in the history of professional baseball. Mm-hmm. That's really freaking cool. And like that story should be told. And mm-hmm. the fact that she, I mean, teaser, she has a job with the Cubs and she's like, actually, I'm going to quit this job, move to Arizona to work on my scouting skills, something I've never done before, learn how to scout. And then I'm going to try to become a scout in your organization. And she does it like, that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Oh, so she was there, left, and then learned how to scout and then came. Wow. Like I so thought you said this was, okay. Yeah. She's fresh out of college, right, in uh-huh. 2015. This podcast is terrible, by the way. Or like my, like my portion, I'm talking way too much here. Anyway. No, no. <laughs> she, so she graduates from William & Mary in 2015 after having done four or five years of internships in baseball uh, front offices from like a business standpoint Mm -hmm. she gets a job with the cubs in a business capacity she does it for a while she's like you know what my heart's not really in this i want to try scouting but i really don't know what i'm doing because i never you know have, have actually practiced so she moves to arizona learns how to scout basically for like two months and then then gets the cubs to hire her back in like the player development realm or like a video intern position rather. She does this for a while, then gets promoted to player development, then gets promoted to amateur scout where she's traveling across the country and the world scouting players. Like that's, and she's the first woman to ever do that in that organization. Like that's really cool, man. That is really cool. That's a lot about her too, right? So first of all, realize that she was doing something she didn't want to do. First of all, that's, that's something that a lot of people don't, don't want to admit. And no. then like, how do you learn how to scout? Like that's, that's to, well, to me, like, and, and, and maybe that's like no knowledge, but to me, that's like, how do you learn how to scout? Tune in to the same spotlight podcast. You guys talk about it actually? Did you talk about it? Well, because I tell her like, look, I mean, I mean, baseball, and not to be like, oh, I played. But yeah, like I was a pretty good high school baseball player and I watched baseball from, you know, age four to now. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't tell you the first thing to look at for like scouting. Like, I have no effing idea. I couldn't yeah. tell, like I have no idea. I like, I can tell who's a good baseball player and stuff, but I have no, and the fact that, and again, she talks about reaching out to people and, you know, talking to the person to the right of her and to the left of her and like meeting people and say, how do you look at this? How do you do this? Taking notes. And it's like, it's pretty cool. Like, mm-hmm. I, like I'm impressed by that person because I wouldn't have the gumption to do mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And now, now she's back. So she's at Arizona state studying law, uh, to get her law degree. And then she wants to go back in baseball and work in particular with, immigration law and helping players secure good contracts for themselves and their families like uh, to me that's a really really cool story and I can tell it and weave it and she went to St. Andrews so like it can be under this umbrella or whatever but yeah I just want people that have cool stories and and for me to tell their stories a little bit wow so now she's she's like and she's like the nicest human being like ever she has to be with all of it wow that's amazing okay I don't want to talk too much about it because I want to I want to when is this coming out uh, I don't know. I have I have so so many saved up now where it's like uh-huh. now. I mean, again, I kind of just do it um, whenever I feel like it. But yeah, 
Yeah. That's what I have to start doing, actually. Like, I, dude, I'm telling you, you'll always be my mentor. Like, right now, I'm trying to figure out how to, um, how to, like, what's my approach to this podcast, I think, because I love doing it. I love it so much. Like, this yeah. conversation we're having made my day. Like, seriously, I was having such an awful day until right now. And um, I want to keep doing it, but it's also, it's a little bit of a time commitment editing-wise, because I, like, try to take the clips. So I have to figure out what's the most efficient way for me to edit and record. Yeah. I guess record whenever, honestly, and just have them stored. And then the stuff that I- well, well, that's what, like, from a St. Andrews standpoint, like, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, like, already sort of, like, I have them recorded. And I recorded these, like, you know, like, like a month or two ago. And then I just have mm-hmm. them sort of on the docket where I try to do two per month, just so it's, like, somewhat consistent, but not, like, I'm not trying to do once a week or whatever. And then, yeah, you just have – more and more people have reached out and stuff and be like, Hey, I'd, I'd like to hop on. I was like, all right, cool. Like, that's awesome. I'll, I'll talk to you. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so it, it's pretty, and, and it's cool too, because I, I I'll be polite here. <laughs> uh, there was no one. So the idea, no one was, was, uh, wanted to really help I should say or mm-hmm. or like uh, facilitate the process so I was like all right cool let me go out like because I've talked about it I've listened to enough podcasts I was like I think this could be a cool idea I think it's a really great way to engage especially the alumni base mm-hmm. but I also think too if you're like a current parent or or a or a prospective parent or student and you want to hear the head basketball coach talk about their like incredible year last year well I have some clips for you and I have a podcast for you. Like, mm-hmm. again, you, you can, but, and, and with alumni, like it, it's cool. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Why are you doing it? Why am I doing it? Um, yeah, it is a good idea, right? Like it's short. It's the, for, for the school, for the department. It's such an amazing idea. Why are you doing it? Um, I think, well, <laughs> um, that's a good question. I think, well, one, so, so the St. Andrews thing is there are a few sort of things I guess I should touch on. One, so there are no sports, right? And I'm basically in charge or I've been charged with, hey, like we have social media accounts. We don't have any athletics to post about. And so I was do- highlighting a lot of alumni and their stories and current students and their stories. And I was like, what can we make to be a little more dynamic? Like, how can we be different? What are other schools doing? And we're copying a lot of other schools and how they do things like, how can we stand out and be different? And I was like, look, this podcast avenue is something we haven't explored as a school. Like, why haven't we explored that as a school? And like, Mm -hmm. y'all aren't going to do it. So I'll do it. Mm -hmm. Like, like whatever. And I'll pay for the RSS feed and -hmm. I'll do it and I'll figure it out and I'll learn how to edit and do all this stuff mm-hmm. and I'll do it. So, so one from like a, from a work standpoint, it's like, I'm constantly thinking of how I can add value. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a way to add value. So one it's to add value, but personally, um, I don't know. I mean, I think I spend so much of my time listening to podcasts mm-hmm. and there were some that I was like, I think I can do that. Like, mm-hmm. or maybe I can even be better. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm not saying I'm good at it and I know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but 
I, I do think it's like, well, if you've listened to these podcasts for five, six years and you consume all this stuff, why not try it? Right. Mm-hmm. Like be a little uncomfortable because I don't mm-hmm. really like talking. Yeah. But, you know, while if the, the people that listen to this, be like, Yo, this dude talking <laughs> but, but I don't really like talking. Like I have to get really comfortable with the person to actually have, have real conversations with people. And it's like, let's put myself out here and, and, and see what happens. And honestly, there are like three or four people that I know that like consistently listen to it. And even for me, like that's enough. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I know with download numbers and stuff, like there are more people uh, listening, but like, to me, I was like, Oh, like there are three, four or five people that enjoy these conversations. Why not just do it for those th- three or four people? Mm-hmm. They, they enjoy it. I enjoy uh, doing it. It enables me to connect with people like my best friend from high school. I hadn't talked to him. Um, I mean, we, you know, we, like we text often and whatnot, but I probably hadn't talked to him over the phone in, I don't know, six months or so. We, I asked him to do a podcast uh, uh, with St. Andrews, which is enough, another story about his, his journey and stuff. And it was great, but we ended up talking for like four hours that night. Wow. Like, that, like that's awesome, right? So it's just a way to connect. You know, I, I talked yeah. with, a, with a person that I grew up looking up to, um, and he was a class he was a class of 2004 guy and from St. Andrews. And we, you know, we podcasted or whatever for about an hour. And then we spent the next hour just chopping it up. Like, I think that's cool. So, and again, I'm not airing a lot of that stuff, right? But mm-hmm. like, I, I think that's, it's especially in a time like this where I was just talking to my high school uh, a best friend last night about like just check up on your people man like it's a I don't know it feels like Groundhog Day a lot like same thing over and over again and Mm -hmm. a lot of people's mental health is not great like mine included like I like there are days where I'm like yo this this sucks and and I have it great like I can't Mm -hmm. complain at all I'm like my life's terrific but um yeah like check up on your people and it's a way to check in with people Mm -hmm. dude this is this is extremely inspiring because you mentioned something that you don't usually talk this much right right well i don't know if it's because you're more comfortable with me or you're generally like evolving as a person and you i think you're becoming every time i speak to you you get better at conversation I I, 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 actively, I don't know if you've noticed that or not. I actively, I, it is weird when I have, even when I'm talking on the phone with like, again, talking to a friend who's in education last week. And it's funny because as he's telling me about his struggles within the classroom and stuff, I'm thinking of it as like from a, like a question lens of like, what's the best question here? What did he yeah. say? Like, how can I ask that better? Uh-huh. So, there's nothing wrong with like I think that's amazing. That's so good because what like going back to like my question that I asked you is why like why are you doing it? And you told me like the obvious answer like just like it's a valuable thing for the school to do, right? Like I knew that. I wanted to hear the second part, which you did touch upon your personal part. Um, you were listening to a lot of podcasts, and I've always known you've listened to podcasts, right? Uh, but then something was like, hey, maybe I can do this too. 
And I bet you the first the first time you thought of that, you might have shot the idea down. Like, no, like I'm not I'm not that good of I don't I don't like speaking anyway and stuff like that, right? Well, I mean, really, yeah. Well, and and this is like a big picture thing of like when I'm you know five year old kid, eight year old kid, twelve year old kid when my stuttering was terrible, like and I like had a hard time speaking, like Mm -hmm. you know, and you're again not to like this isn't a sob story, but when you're made fun of as a young kid, because you can't get words out and then the harder you try to get words out and you still can't get them out, like, like that shit like sucks. Right. So one, so like, I always have that in the back of my head and there are parts where like, there are words that I'm better at speaking around. Like I know words that trip me up, Mm -hmm. like double consonant words will trip me. Like it, like, like if it's saying Middletown, if I don't breathe and actively like try, like I will get stuck and move, 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 like, so like, I know that so I can work around it and whatever. Um, so one, yes, totally. And two, like with, with, I remember having this idea in the spring of 2019 and emailing you or texting you about doing a podcast. You did. Yeah. And then it took until August 2020 <laughs> to yeah. do I like to do the podcast. So it had been something that I had been sitting on a year, like, or a year plus, right? Like a year and a mm-hmm. half. Dude, this is crazy. This is so good. You're also going to look back at this. Me and you are going to look back at this conversation we're having right now. And let's say five years. Oh my God. Like, we're both going to look back. Like we called it, right? Like you're, you're going to, you're going to keep doing this and you're going to keep getting better. And you're going to get to a point that's, no, nah, I think you will. And you're going to get to a point where it's unrecognizable where you came from where you started which is insane it's it's also too like part like part of the cool part with me i actually generally i've always been and i think you know this like i'm more behind the scenes like just Mm -hmm. like i kind of like the grunt work like i i don't really like to be sort of out in the open public whatever um i think cool part too is learning how to edit the podcast like i genuinely enjoy that part and putting the music to like like even small stuff like that stuff that I would have never in a million years thought I could do. And again, it's not hard, but like the fact that I took the hour to, to like learn how to do stuff. Now I can chop it up and it's like really quick and it's like, all right, cool. Like you need this done ASAP. Great. Whatever. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A quick technical question, not to the, uh, to, to go on a tangent, but do you think it's, um, um better to film so i'm recording it right now in uh what's called speaker view right so it's just i'm seeing your picture so when it, when when i see the recording it's either your face or my face but i've been having an idea of recording gallery view both of them together and then kind of i, I don't know how to do this yet but i feel like i can probably learn it split the frame and then make like a i think you've you've, you've done this right Is, yeah. wh- which, so, which one do you think looks better i yeah so i so so i send the, like when i record the zooms and stuff I send that stuff to Jillian. Uh-huh. She has the programming on this big computer that we gave her from a program mm-hmm. standpoint. So part of my job, like I want to learn, I'm going to, in a non-COVID setting, I want to go and, le- and learn how to do precisely that from her. Mm-hmm. I like the split screen stuff. Like, I yeah. just think that's, I think that, so, so if I do, like, I look at it from, like if there's like a two minute tangent or something mm-hmm. that I think is good, then I sort of like just putting from like an Instagram standpoint or something, just putting like a picture of the person having the logo and just run, running like that stuff. But if it's like, if, if we're going back and forth 
and it's engaging and stuff. Like, I think the split screen is great because you're able to see my reaction, your reaction, mm-hmm. and, and it's it's that conversation and flow. Yeah, I, yeah, I like the split. Interesting. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to switch. I'm going to figure out how to do it. I don't think it's probably not too, too, too difficult to do, um, but I've, I've never done it. Wow. Yeah, but yeah, I, I like the... I like, but for the St. Andrews piece, because again, like I'm not, I haven't been able to link up with Julie. And again, I want to be sensitive with COVID and mm-hmm. and up with people. So I, I have, so I haven't learned how to do that. So that's what I, like, I do the graphic and stuff and, and just, and that's easy enough to do, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think the split screen is really, really cool. Yep. Yeah. Uh, do you mind me asking what kind, what kind of download numbers are you getting? Are you, are you still think like looking at them like, and see like, does that bother you? So, so the so the St. Andrews one, I know what the first few episodes did, and I haven't looked. So, like the, uh, they've all been like from anywhere between like one twenty to like two twenty. That's really uh, good for the download. first few, yeah. And then I haven't checked, like I haven't checked since. Like I nice. just kind of nice. like I I just. I, I upload it because you can go to the metrics. I choose not to. I'm just very like, there mm-hmm. it is. Um, and, and two, like I know from a St. Andrew's standpoint, I've grown the Facebook page. I started a Facebook page in September and that has like a thousand follows, a thousand likes. And the engagement is pretty good on that and the Instagram and stuff engagement is good as well so i can see like how many people view like the videos so anyway so mm-hmm. that with the dcs stuff it's actually been quite cool that the majority of them are getting um because i do check on that the majority of them are getting between 80 and 100 downloads why do you check on dcs but not San Andreas? uh just uh, just to see sort of like what because that the, like the saint andrews one to me is more of like a personal project the uh-huh. uh, the DCS one is more like we, like there's mm. um there's there's a level of like it's it's also work right like I also want to see hey Jordan just interviewed with Doctor David Conley how did how mm. did that play in comparison to Sierra's episode in comparison to John's episode in comparison like so mm. like I, I I do like to judge that and also too like I'm gonna be venturing out a bit and reaching out to some people within the state of Delaware as well. And I want to see how their episodes do as well, because there, there will be some well-known fit figures who will share with their audiences. And I'm curious to see like that jump as well. Mm. Interesting dynamic you got there. Yeah. And Andrew's one is more of like a personal project and I don't want to see the numbers and be disappointed and have that like stop me from doing it. Like I like like I want to keep wow. doing. Wow! Yeah, yeah. With with the with the DCS one, it's like it's like it or not, it's like part of my job now is to produce and make these podcasts. So. Wow! I'm like trying to wrap my head around like what would happen if you didn't look at DCS one? You think it would change the way you do it? Uh, I, I don't. I, I don't think so. No. I mean, we mm-hmm. and 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 I was talking to Tony about this this morning. Like the idea that not necessarily so like renaming it not necessarily being scholar spotlight and just being the 
the Delaware College Scholars podcast and yeah. with each guest sort of, you know, ha- having some questions pertain to, you know, hey, how would you t- tell this to our students or explain this to mm-hmm. our students, et cetera, et cetera. But where with the Delaware College Scholars podcast, with the idea of getting leaders all throughout the state like hey hop on have a conversation with us share that within your network and our network within the state can continue to grow just through other people's networks and maybe you know if we have justin brown on who is a guest that i'd like to have on and we've discussed right so he's a he went to some high school named concord in delaware i'm not sure if you've heard of it but he so he played in the nfl for three years Mm. and, and now now he's a motivational speaker and again, he has a large network, right? Mm-hmm. We connect on LinkedIn. I think his story is great, right? Like you go from this sport is your life from age 10 to 25, 26. Now that that dream, the NFL stands for not for long, right? That dream, that profession is taken away from you. You can't do that anymore. Now you have to redefine yourself. Like what does that process look like? And I think that's valuable if you're a 16 year old kid, 18 year old kid, 22 year old kid, whatever. And then also too the idea of like playing sports at the highest level, there are some kids that want to play sports and compete in college. That's awesome. Hear it from a division one athlete who is the top, you know, and a professional athlete who is the 0.0001% of all people like this is how tough it is, but he can still relate his, Hey, how do you balance a full-time job, which playing an NCAA sport is and being a student? Well, we have scholars who are full-time students and also have jobs, right? Like Mm -hmm. working at Walmart might be different than practicing for Penn state, but like you still have to balance that stuff. So how, you know, how how did you find that balance? And like, now that you're pursuing this career in basically being a professional motivational speaker, like tell, like, where did, like, how, how did you like, come up with the courage to do all that stuff. Like, to me, that's fascinating, right? Like you're, Mm -hmm. you're in a helmet and you're running posts and digs and scoring touchdowns and that's all gone. And now you're in a room full of people talking like that's crazy. And he has some pretty cool motivational messages that I want to pick apart, not pick apart, but say like, okay, you say X, Y, Z, explain this to me. And then how do you apply it to your life? Like, like Mm -hmm. I want to know these very, simple answers and I just think and he again he shares that with his network his network picks up on it and that's how you spread mm-hmm. I say all this I have no idea what the hell I'm <laughs> nah you do you do this sounds this sounds amazing I didn't know was, uh, Justin Brown where, where did he play so he, uh, he 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 went to Penn State and then he transferred mm-hmm. his last year he went to uh, Oklahoma as a grad transfer ha- had a great year I believe was drafted in like the fifth or sixth round of the NFL draft I might have that wrong and then he played for a few years with the Steelers and then he played mm-hmm. in the Canadian Football League and then he retired and well I mean they kind of retire for you like there's no contract so so you're retired. <laughs> and uh yeah and 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 then and then and then he's done great work and again we had a few mutual connections on LinkedIn and I connected with him he reached out to me and then we just kind of went back and forth and now we're trying to schedule a date to chop it up that's awesome. That's awesome. Also looking forward to that. See, this is so exciting. You, through talking to you, now I'm excited about three podcasts that you're going to put out. And that's amazing. That's, the, wow. the, uh, the coolest one, and I, I'm, I mean, again, no one's listening to this by now. Uh, 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 the coolest one was, uh, so Jordan uh, just did one with Tony. 
and and Ooh. and so we so we finally got Tony on. Yeah, yeah. So that was a uh, and we're gonna and uh, Jordan's boy uh, Rock, who's also a friend of mine. Um, he did like a whole video production, and, and we're gonna throw it on the YouTube and um and do some I can't wait. So, I cannot wait. That would be a good one. How's Tony been? Has he been okay? He's great. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's uh he's good, man. Like he's for me, and I think I'm he in. He has a uh, he, he he can take a lot of responsibility for molding who I am as a worker mm-hmm. because like I just saw him work really really hard ever since I was like 18 years old mm-hmm. and like so and like and also how to work efficiently um, mm-hmm. and how to just get stuff done and it's the perfect boss because like he kind of not lets me do whatever I want but like if I have an idea I can take it to him he's like okay like do it like whatever mm-hmm. yeah like, figure it out yeah and then it's like okay and great and uh the older i've gotten and the more that i've proven to him that like not that i'm a genius but that i have some decent ideas at some moments i think he's more and more open to sort of my feedback and it's you know it 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 feels more like a partnership in year nine than like a like he i mean he's still a mentor but i always viewed him as like i mean again this is the guy that interviewed me when i was 14 years old to go to St. Andrews. So like, and he's, you know, 20, whatever. At that time he was 25 or something. Um, so it's like, and you know, he coached me and, and all that stuff. So uh, yelled at me, um, like all that stuff. So, and, and now it does feel like a, a, a genuine sort of partnership, uh, uh, which is cool. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's great. And um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, yeah, I mean that's that's uh and 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 two, it's why it's why like while working in athletics is super important to me. Like I, I always think like at the end of the day, that's probably what I want to do. I believe sort of in him and the mission of DCS and and what it's about. Where like I kind of always think I want to have a hand in in it in some way, mm-hmm. like whatever that looks like, right? Because like I'm yeah. very much like a year to year person. Like I never know what I'm doing each year. I just take it. I really kind of take it like month by month. Like, I, <laughs> okay, this month I'm working for DCS and St. Andrews. Okay, great. <laughs> and then just month by month. So I love that. I love that. And I want to say, um, definitely not listen to this, but same here, same here. You and Tony, you and Tony, uh, the way you guys work is, is, um, is very inspiring. And, um, I like almost want to be like you guys. Like I, I like this, this, this. What you just said, you go year to year, month to month, and Tony's been doing that for how long now? Yeah. Um, like that's like my my comfort zone is knowing exactly what I want to do and exactly like where I'm gonna be in ten years. Yeah. And that's kind of the struggle I'm going through right now. As I said earlier, is like I don't know if where I want to be in ten years. Right. Um, and just getting comfortable with the just living day to day, uh, week to week, uh, but still giving it my best, uh, like you know, regardless of the uncertainty. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a certain like, I, I guess because at, at this, like when I was 22, 23, 24, like I thought that at 
27, 28, whatever, I would, yeah, I'm 27, but like, mm-hmm. like I would have certain like things figured out and I would be on a path to be an athletic director at St. Andrews. And like, I have it figured out and like, that's not the case. And like, that's okay. Right. But like, I can like, and I think it just takes some time to like, look, if I can have an impact on one kid a day, or if I can have a meaningful conversation, like all this stuff sounds super cheesy and cliche, Mm -hmm. but like, it was really cool yesterday to just catch up with my high school best friend for an hour. Like that felt like a win. Mm -hmm. Like that felt like a good day. Today's a good day. Like, I I mean, we've been talking now for whatever, like an hour plus now or two Mm -hmm. hours or whatever. And it feels great. Like, I'm like, yo, like I was fired up to do this today. Like, Mm -hmm. this is great. So like, and you just have small wins. And, and, you know, and, and again, your stuff is really, really hard though. Right. Like that's what I always admire about you. And is that like, you work your tail off No, but like you shake your head, but like you work your tail off, you know what you've wanted for a while and you go out and you accomplish it. So like, I think that's great. And, and as much as like, you know, whatever, like in, in a lot of ways, you're somebody that I look up to. Right. So mm-hmm. Like, I think that's really, really cool. But yeah, like I, I just, I've, I've grown from the standpoint of this stuff isn't linear. There's no, hey, on this date, you get this job and you get this promotion and you get this rate. Like, that's not how the stuff works. And mm-hmm. yeah, like, so stop thinking in those terms and just try to add some value each day, write some more handwritten notes to people, check in on some more people. I'm really bad at communicating with people. Like, I'm just not very good at it. Um, I'm really bad at texting. Uh, but like, that, like, hey, maybe if I can write more handwritten notes to people, send them a book or something and say, hey, thinking about you, like, like, whatever. But like that, that can make a positive impact on that person's day. It makes a positive impact on my day. We talk, we catch up, boom. Like, mm-hmm. surround yourself with good people. And yeah, yeah, but you know. You know, the craziest part is, and the person, the Jake I met when I first was was, was first in DCS, I would not have ever imagined to be telling me the things you're telling me right now. Yeah. Like I always thought that you loved certainty and that, I don't know, you, you, I don't know, do you feel anxiety? Are are you anxious? Oh, yo, I have a lot of anxiety. Oh, but here's, here's, so that's what I always thought. But what you're telling me right now is the exact opposite of what an anxious person would say. Yo, live it day day to day. The small wins matter, right? Like, that's the exact opposite, which tells me, which brings me to my point. Like, you've evolved as a person. You've you've learned from from life in a way that's very productive and uh, that's made you a better person. And that's so, that's like, those so fucking inspiring to me honestly that's my goal like I always want to keep getting better and better every single day and being surrounded by people like you who also have been doing that and come have come from like the extreme to what you're telling me right now is oh I yeah because like 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 I have a lot of anxiety and there are a lot of goals that like I set for myself and I would but like at the end of the day it's it's um again it's just not linear and I and I've learned where like I've put myself in a lot of positions and done a lot of things where I've expected to get certain things and I haven't gotten them. And like, I've been like really pissed off and down about it. And like, you know, F this person, F that person. And like, it's just like not worth it. Like if you have two, three, four, five good people in your life, like that's what matters. And, and, and if they're supporting you, like, like, like that's really, really cool. Like I always just think, 
and again, I, I'm not this big, like self-help person, all that stuff, but like, look, I have two parents that really care about me. That's fucking awesome. I have a girlfriend who I love and cares about me and supports me. That's awesome. And then I have like a, a good amount of meaningful friendships and connections that like I can call, you know, probably a, a dozen or so people chat with them for, you know, two, three hours, catch up on life and feel fulfilled just in that conversation. So like, like that's cool. And, 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 and work is work and, and you find your passions and stuff and all that. But like, yeah, like, cause I I've in the professional space, I've known like the put your head down, work hard and you get it approach. Like no, that actually, sometimes that's not what like, that doesn't happen. And that's okay. That's all right. Mm -hmm. Like, but to be walk around and be pissed off about it all the time, like that doesn't help. Mm -hmm. And to be anxious about it, like it doesn't help. No, I, I still have a lot of anxiety. So like, that's <laughs> not like, I have a lot of anxiety. Excellent. So you're, you're basically bouncing two things in your head. One, one being like happy with what you have. And even if you don't have anything, like just being happy in the moment, but then at the same time, you still work your, your, your tail off. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, like there, there are a lot of things that, again, I would love if St. Andrews, the school would promote the podcast and I would love mm -hmm. if they would, but like, I can't let that piss me off. Like, like, mm -hmm. like it did, you know, three months ago, I'm like, grr, but like now it's like, like whatever, like, yeah. okay. Like you're still having great conversations. People are like, I hope people are listening and downloading and it gets, mm -hmm decent engagement and it's fun mm -hmm. so like it's fun whatever yeah. <laughs> that's awesome man that, that's awesome wow well i don't want to i don't want to keep you up any longer so i'm gonna i mean, I'm I mean four o'clock in the afternoon brother come on now. yeah <laughs> so i'm gonna stop this recording right now um,